right, welcome everyone. This is Nathan Payne with Investor Thrive, and we are live at the podcast, the Painless Wholesaling Podcast, and I have an amazing guest with us today. We got Grace Mills at REI Radio, where she's going to tell us all about how amazing the radio is. Now, who, who would have thought people are still listening to the radio, right? A lot of people, right? Well, hello, hello, everyone, and thank you so much, Nathan, for having me on today. Any chance I get to add value to you and your audience, considering all the value that you share, I'm, I'm happy to do so, more than happy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So let's get started. I have a lot of questions about the radio as in lead gen service, uh, a lot of questions about, you know, where, how you got your start. So let's just dive right into it. Um, tell us, tell the audience really quick, like in 30 seconds, like a little bit about yourself, and then we can dive into, you know, your, how you got started into real estate and all that. Um, sure, absolutely. I've always been in love with lead gen or marketing. Um, I studied that actually in college before I quit. It just got too expensive. Um, I like making money. I do not like collecting debt. <laughs> yeah. wow. Where did you go to school, by the way? Um, I went to school in, uh, it's a very small school in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Really cold blizzards. It was terrible. <laughs> we went to class and, and heavy blizzards um, on top of just collecting a ton of debt. Um, so I've always loved marketing in Legion. Um, I ended up working as like a an assistant for like a virtual real estate, you know, kind of network. Mm-hmm. Found a client that I really, really clicked with and went to work with him directly. Mm-hmm. Um, that being Chris Arnold. Um, and at the time, there was no one controlling the marketing, not a single person. Um, it was very like, just throw some stuff on the wall, see if it sticks. Right. Um, <laughs> so I jumped in and we started looking at, well, okay, how do we get motivated sellers in here? So I, that's genuinely how I got my start about nine, nine or 10 years ago, almost. Um, right. I started doing the marketing for an actual real estate investment company. And that is how we discovered radio. Um, and I have tinkered and played with every little element of it since then so chris arnold that sounds familiar is that a bigger bigger investor out there it sounds familiar yeah in dfw a hundred percent um he ended up branching um you know he had a brokerage at the time as well so there was a the retail side and there was the investment side as well i mean then chris actually ended up just launching like his own mastermind Mm -hmm. Hmm. what's his mastermind called uh multipliers was the uh the mastermind we had launched Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to look that up anyway. So are you still with Chris or? No, now I run a REI radio a hundred percent. It is my full attention to genuinely at this point, help everyone else realize that there's a marketing channel that everyone knows about, but no one is using. It is underutilized on the real estate investment side, a hundred percent. What would you say the return on investment is on uh, radio? Like what's the, the return? Yeah. That is a great question. Um, and I get that a lot. A lot of people are really, really concerned about that. I would tell you that one, it starts with a mindset shift. Radio is quality, not quantity. And sometimes people are trying to take their numbers and your KPIs of what you're used to maybe from direct mail and cold <laughs> calling and going, hey, okay, well, I should be looking for this on radio as well. Radio filters itself out. Um, literally there's no need for a tire kicker to call you, right? Like on direct mail, you get those people who are like, Hey, I got your, um, card in the mail. Uh, can you give me a ballpark? And they're not really being serious. Um, radio to listeners sounds like it's so difficult to get on that they take you more seriously. Um, and so their brain isn't thinking, well, Hey, let me just kind of call and tire kick this around or, um, or kind of waste their time when they call you. They're really sure about it because radio gives you so much more credibility. Um, yeah, like than some of these. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm, absolutely. 
exactly, that they filter themselves out in terms of motivation. Um, in terms of numbers, though, at an absolute minimum, it is a 3 to $4 return. I've had students, though, blow that completely out of the water, like mm-hmm. 10x their business um, right. you know, <laughs> on, a really, on a radio deal. But if you're tracking um, radio, it is at, at least 3 to 4 If it falls beneath that, there's a big, big, big problem. I um, mean, it's probably a bad station. Have you found that uh, specific markets uh, do better with radio? Like, for example, like a really smaller um, market, like 40,000, 50,000 people, they really crush it because those people maybe are uh, don't have that many options or versus like San Antonio or Salt Lake City, Utah. That's another really great question. Um, I would tell you that there's about 230 radio markets and they all can work um, just with a couple of different strategies in place. Um, so if you're in a larger market, you probably really only need to pick up one station, right? Like if you're in a Salt Lake City, if you're in a Miami, uh, Dallas, something like that, you can literally pick up about one station um, at a time and you're going to do perfectly fine. In a market that's a little bit smaller, um, you know, something like Lubbock, Texas, what I usually do there is we use like a stack method. So we'd pick up maybe two to three at a time to reach the same amount of people that you would in the larger market. Because mm-hmm. I go by size of an audience. Um, mm-hmm. That's how I believe in buying a station. That's how I believe in filtering it out. It is all about the size of the actual audience so that you know that there's a, an actual return there. But if you your target audience is there, there it's game in any of those market, large or small. Okay. It just maybe we play with a slightly different strategy in terms of how many you pick up at a time. Yeah, because I have a uh, one of my friends. His name is William Tingle. He he runs a Subject Two coaching company. Um, he's been doing Subject Two for like twenty years. He's awesome. But he he just said he he moved to Arkansas and he heard about radio, so he just tried it out because someone in his, one of his students went to like a, a seminar and figured out how to do it. So he just tried it and he said he got like an eighty thousand dollar deal within like his first week or two because it someone just called and was like ready to go and he got it done. So I believe it works. I've heard it works. I I guess where I would stop or where most people would stop is they don't know how to start, right? A hundred percent. I would probably nail it down this way in the most simplest terms. And, and I like, I'm a big person. If it's not free, I look for cheap options. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so the best free way to really truly just get started is um, by looking at your market. So I'll just use Google, for example, right? You, like, you can go to Google and type in radio stations in your market. Let's say it's Salt Lake City. So I go ra- radio station Salt Lake City. Google will drop down an entire list of all the stations that's available roughly, at, at least so you can get a couple of contacts. I, I, I would tell people pick about maybe two and I mean like two different stations so um you could see and I'm making this up but it it could be like WXYZ owned by iHeart like right I would take that contact number down and then I'd find someone that's non-iHeart maybe you have a mom and pop or um there could be like a Beasley media group or uh, intercom or CBS radio, like in terms of ownership. And I would literally just take down their phone numbers and give them a quick call. Why I say a quick call is um, you are calling a seasoned radio rep. Um, they are really, really good at talking um, and sometimes talking you into something that was not going to serve you uh, whatsoever. So in a quick call, I would keep it under 15 minutes and I would roughly say, hey, I'm looking to pick up maybe two to three stations. Um, I just wanted to get an idea of your stations or, or your listeners. Um, can you send me any data that you have on it? What you're looking for is to make sure that that station is actually hitting your target audience. If you are running a wholesaling company, you need to make sure that you're in front of homeowners. Mm-hmm. All stations aren't even. 
Um, and I mean that truly. I'll use an example. I have some students that'll come in and say, hey, well, I know um, my audience is very blue collar. So I need to pick up maybe a country station. Country stations aren't even. There could be uh, a very affluent, right? Like they're highly educated and financially well off on one country station. Um, and then another that's a little bit low medium income, maybe a little bit more blue collar. But you won't know that um, just by looking at a station. You absolutely have to collect at least some information on that. Um, so yeah, I would say that as the, the best start is just do a quick Google search for free um, just to get an idea and then take that data that they send you and really just make sure, hey, are, is this my actual target audience? Are there homeowners here? And are these the actual homeowners I typically would service, especially in terms of age? Um, and then go from there. That is the best way to start. That's really cool. How does how would the radio station know who's listening to it if they just flip on the radio? And how do they know the demographic and like blue collar or not? How does that work? Yeah, every station tracks its own audience because everyone wants to be able to promote it. Um, if I had a dollar for everyone that said, we've got the number one audience for, or we're the number one country station, every country station in your area is going to say they're the number one country station. Of course, yeah. um, <laughs> of course they're not. But yes, they all track it to um, some degree. Um, and there's even some third party companies that'll come in and, and literally just track the entire um, area and all the stations. Um, and some stations will pay to access that information. So if you you request some data from them, they're going to send you a mixture of maybe what the third party pulled and then also their particular stats as well, just what they've been tracking in-house in terms of their audience. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder how they track if I turn on the radio right now and listen to country, like am I a listener, even though I never listen to the radio? Like, I don't know how they would do that. But yeah, there's it. a ton of software, honestly, which is its own um, conversation. But um, in markets there, and you probably have seen it while you're sitting in traffic, there's like a giant truck with like a weird thing hanging off the side of it. Mm -hmm. um, and that is surveying the radio stations as people are kind of driving around. Um, mm -hmm. And it has the ability to track the number of people that are listening, but also so differentiate or at least be able to tell what's unique and what's a returning listener. Um, and that's in a really, really, really wow. important stat you want to pay attention to because sales reps, you know, when you call them, they're going to try and pull the beefiest number they possibly can. You do want to make sure that that is a unique number or at least a unique listener count, not a duplicate, because they will definitely include duplicate listeners just to beef up the number. I think radio will die eventually with uh, the way like uh, there's Spotify and all these other radio apps and, and stuff. What's your opinion on that? If radio were, was going to die, I think it would have died when print died, right? Because mm -hmm. it's been around forever. Print, TV, and radio have been around for forever. Um, so when print died out, um, I think everyone was expecting radio and even possibly TV to kind of go with it. No, I, I actually don't. There are um, so many different types of people and what draws them to listen to um, stations. There is a, especially if you're looking at like a mature aged audience, as much as technology is available, they are very much still comfortable doing their regular activities. And that is getting inside of their car and turning back on their, their typical stations. They're very loyal listeners in that way where they're not going to change that. If anyone is streaming, they're typically young. You know, I get that question a lot. You know, hey, like if I'm looking at radio, should I probably look into streaming? If your audience or your, who you typically work with in terms of sellers are like 45 and up, I would tell you no. That audience that's streaming radio is going to be much younger. Um, right. 45 and plus and up, they're not going to start streaming their usual radio stations. It just, it's like an extra effort for them that doesn't really make any sense. Hmm. Interesting. So I'm curious. I, I'm pretty adept, or I feel like I, I know what a lot of the coaches or uh, people are t talking about. I don't hear radio a lot. Is there any reason? 
Um, it's underutilized, yeah, in terms of real estate investors, 100%. Yeah. Um, you'll find realtors maybe in your market that'll probably pick it up first because their brokerages kind of introduced that topic of using um, more traditional marketing like radio. Uh, but in terms of investors, it's, it is always there. It's the marketing channel that everyone knows about, but little, next to no one is using. Um, and it's not because it doesn't work. It's just like a mindset shift. It's like your brain isn't thinking, oh, well, really? Radio? And then there's the thought that maybe radio is a little bit difficult to set up and that it's um, incredibly expensive. It's expensive if you don't know how to buy 100%. The process will feel a lot tougher and it'll feel really drawn out or you'll get backed into really bad deals um, because you're taking, you know, sales reps can be really useful. They know their stations very well. They don't understand real estate. They're not real estate experts. They will tell you that, well, hey, you're working real estate. I know a thing or two. They don't. <laughs> um, uh, they 100% don't. And so, yeah, on, on two folds. One, it's like mentally people think that it's a little bit difficult. It's a little bit more expensive. And secondly, those who have tried it previously more than likely had a bad station. They overpaid for it um, and were pushed just completely into a bad deal that that burned out their their taste on it. Yeah. So you negotiate specific uh, slots and buy in bulk or something like that. Is that kind of how you, you do the deal? Like you try to negotiate, obviously, with them? And REI Radio is a, a done-for-you system now. It used to be like a, a do-it-yourself and just walk through every single step that you needed to take. Um, mm -hmm. I don't believe in, in buying in bulk. What I teach students to do is buy it based on the size of the audience. And that way, you're actually buying it below retail. Mm -hmm. um, if you were to purchase station right now, they're going to hit you with retail and then some. Um, because they are trying to sell you on not only the size of the station, but, oh, look, look at how popular um, we are. You can't buy popularity. Popularity doesn't mean that you're going to make any money, right? <laughs> That's not going to work with you. Um, so depending on the person and what they're trying to achieve, I play with uh, a unique strategy for each. Just like I said, I really want to maximize what's best for that person. Everyone's a little different in terms of what type of real estate business that they're running. And so we don't buy in bulk, but there are better timeframes to advertise um, than others. And that's and that's what I actually negotiate for those specific time time frames. I find this very interesting because I tried TV. So I, I set up a got set up. It was either done for you approach or you did it ourselves. So we did it ourselves and we didn't we spent like five or ten thousand dollars and we didn't get a return. We did barely got any leads out of it. Salt Lake City is an extremely competitive market when it comes mm -hmm. to real estate. We, we know that. But uh, yeah, it didn't work out. So what would the investment be on something for the listeners that are here or will watch this? Like what would an investment be for like starting radio and like how many uh, leads would you, could you expect? Right? Like, uh, I know you can't, you're not going to overpromise, Right. And I don't think that's the right way to do it, but just kind of give me an idea if someone came to you or if I came to you and said, what, what could I expect for this investment? Yeah. I, and that's a really solid question. I would tell you that volume in terms of leads can vary. I have seen students pull in like 10, 20 leads a week. And then I've seen students only pull in five leads a week, but they both still convert roughly the same. It just depends. Um, if you are looking at uh, like solid, at least two deals a month, I would roughly tell you my most of my students are spending anywhere between $1,500 to $2,000 a month. If you are looking at four deals a month and plus, especially if you have a team that you need to feed, you're probably looking about three, I'd probably say about three to $4,500 a month on radio. But a lot of students start about 
1500 to 2000 Is that through your service or is that an addition, there's an additional fee, I'm assuming, on top of the, the ad spend of fifteen to 2000 Yes. So, so that's just the ad spend in terms of deals. But yeah, if you were to sign up for my pro, my particular program, um, it is 7500 total for, um, you know, for the entire service. Of course, mm-hmm. that can be split into monthly payments. But in terms of ad spend, yeah, you would... Most of my students are probably starting anywhere between fifteen hundred to two thousand. Um, if you're looking at four deals plus a month, you're probably pushing about three thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. So, so seventy five is just a fee, not even a fee. It's just like what your service costs to do it, and then you run their ads for them. They spend it, but you set it all up for. Is this for unlimited? forever for just a year? How how does that work? Yeah. So the program itself is about four months. It doesn't take us four months to get you on radio at all. Um, (laughs) um, Like I said, we've already got best strategies in terms of getting the best deal, but we do want to make sure that we get you the best setup possible Um, is evaluating everything that could be a potential option in your market to play with. I want to play with it. There are large players like iHeart, like I said, but then you also have mom and pops, which a lot of people ignore. Um, They're kind of hard to find, but if your target audience is there and there's a chance for you to make money, I want to take full advantage of it. So we literally start by looking at the entire landscape and going, okay, what can we play with? What can can we take advantage of? Um, And then the funnest part is negotiating for the lowest price possible (laughs) to get the best deal. Um, No one on my team wants you to spend more money than necessarily. Um, It's more exciting to actually pull discounts out of a sales rep than it is to just agree to whatever high price that they tell you um, once or twice. So yeah, we'll negotiate everything and then uh, manage and maintain it um, help you with your actual script because your ad message once you get on a station is just as important as picking the right station is getting the messaging correct because you can get on the right station but if your message is off it won't convert well at all if you're if you're saying it the wrong way to this group of people hmm? do you usually have the person that's paying for the ads or your service do the voice or do you have like a voice person a coach or or someone yeah do you have someone that does it that is another really great question. I get that a lot as well. Some people are kind of nervous about that. And they're like, well, hey, I'm not super well-spoken. Um, I have an accent. I have a lisp, maybe. I don't think that my voice belongs on radio. And that's where you're actually wrong. Nine times out of 10, I will tell you, you want to put your own voice on there, especially um, post-COVID. People need to hear from who they believe is the business owner, or at least a decision maker. It builds a lot more credibility. Um, On top of building that credibility, your voice will also allow you to be almost like a local celebrity. I have people all the time going, hey, you know, I was um, out in public and this person kept staring at me and going, well, where did I hear your voice from? I I think I've heard that from somewhere. Where is it? And they're like, oh, I heard you on radio. Um, That's what it, (laughs) so there's the option to honestly grow yourself as a local celebrity there that I want everyone to take full advantage of. Um, But I would definitely tell you to really build um, poor with the audience, you really do want to use your actual voice. Even you don't have to be well-spoken. I don't care if you have an accent. I actually will tell you that most people that do really, really well on radio are actually not well-spoken and they do have an accent because people click with it. Yes. You know, if you come across so professional and everything sounds so clean and cookie cutter, it's like, you're going to scare people with problems away. (laughs) And you want people with problems to feel comfortable calling you. So put your voice on there a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. I like that. So how do people get a hold of you if they want to try this? Uh, for my 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 listeners, for the Painless Nation, Investor Drive Nation, how do they get a hold of you? 
Yeah, so you can hop over to the website. It's www.reiradio.com mm-hmm. forward slash investor. reiradio.com forward slash investor. I love it. And then I also do have a link that I can send out to people as well. Is that correct? Yes. I love it. All right. And I can do that for anybody that's interested. Hit me up. Um, I can send you the link to sign up as well. And then they, how does that work? Do they just talk, talk directly to you, to you? Do you have a sales rep? How does, how does that process work? You're going to talk to me because I love talking to people. (laughs) I'm super honest. If there's anything in that sounds like this may not be up your alley and there might be something a little bit better for you. I'm going to tell you that. Otherwise, if it's, I'm like, Hey, this is a great opportunity. I really think you should take advantage of this. I'm going to be honest and tell you that either way. I do not believe in encouraging people to spend money if I don't see you potentially making a return. So you a hundred percent, once you go to that link, you're just going to sign up. Um, and then we'll book a call. Uh, that's a little bit convenient for you on a, a calendar. And then we'll talk about what that looks like and how we can get you set up and rolling. So from the numbers that you told me, 15 to 200 on average uh, to one, for one to two deals a month. Is that correct? Is, is that what you said? 1,500 to 2,000 is more or less one to two solid deals a month. Um, Now, again, like I said, I've had students that are probably like one to three. It just depends on the market. But if I'm playing it safe, those are the safest numbers. Um, Four plus, I would probably be pushing you 3,000 and up. And that's, again, because we're looking at buying it by the the size of the audience. Um, And so just the larger the station that you're on, obviously, the more opportunities that you're going to get. But that doesn't mean we have to spend it all. If there's an opportunity to find something cheaper um, that's similar, not as competitive, and not as expensive, I'm 100% going to go after that as well. If it's still the best deal. You know, that's an amazing, that's amazing uh, return on your investment because if if most uh, deals are like $15,000 and yes, Mm -hmm. I honestly, I'll be real. Like most, I haven't really heard of that kind of marketing um, that exists. Like even cold calling, texting, pay-per-click, those all are ranging anywhere from like sometimes like three to $6,000 right now. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah, honestly, I have not, I've never had a student pull in anything less than $15,000 on a deal. I mean, I've had people, um, and that's the interesting about thing about radio, is that it really challenges business owners to expand what they thought they were going to be in business servicing. Um, what I mean by that is I have people that are like, well, hey, I'm only doing this for wholesaling. I mean, the longer that you advertise, people assume you can solve all of their real estate problems. So you can get land deals. Um, someone will call you with a mobile home. <laughs> um, people are like, well, hey, do you know um, um, you know, where I can find a new rental property? Um, and so it ends up forcing you to really go, hey, like I'm generating all of these leads. Like what else can I do with them? So I highly encourage people to like, if you don't handle your real, your rental leads, sell them to a property manager, um, a property management company in your area. Um, There's always someone looking to buy mobile homes, even if you don't want to. Um, If you don't want to deal with land, there are plenty of people, um, I'm sure, in a a Facebook group that would be happy to take it off your hands and you can sell it to them or JV it. So 100%, there's a ton of opportunity there. Have you ever tried to uh, sell um, your REI radio on the radio? On radio, most of the people that I need to get in front of are not actually thinking that they want to use this as a marketing channel. Um, So no, in most cases, um, I highly believe in going to where, um, meeting people kind of where they're at and then taking them to where they need to be. Um, And so for most people that this is, would work wonders for in their business, I actually meet them at other marketing um, channels and they're like, oh, duh, of course that would work. 
Um, because yeah. most of the people that that are running um, real estate businesses, they're more likely to be listening to maybe like talk stations if they are listening to radio, um, right. kind of getting a grasp on what they can do for their future investments. And so they're not thinking the sellers that I need to get in front of are also potentially listening to radio. Is there a way to target a specific county, city, area um, with radio? Or is it kind of difficult since anyone can tune in in like a radius? Like, can you just have listeners listen like if I want a specific like zip code? No, not as it's not that uh, tight uh, in terms of zip code, um, but every single station does track its own signal lines um, to show you where and how far a signal actually goes out. And that's one of the biggest things that we check for um, is, are you going to be in a station where you're hitting the area that you actually service or the, the bulk of this station actually going out of your way? If it's out of your way, that's a waste of money. I don't care how great of a deal we get it from. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it can be a couple of things. Some stations can stretch across an entire county, maybe only a piece of a county, um, or stretch across an entire city, or maybe a city and a half. Um, it just depends, but it, you won't get it as tightly in terms of a zip code. Got it, got it. Because a lot of the strategy I teach is like to target areas, like specific mm -hmm. areas for buyers that you have. So it's easy to just target, but it sounds like you could do that in the sense of like what you're saying with the radiuses of the uh, station. So this is this is honestly something I'd, I'd be interested in trying. Um, we should talk further. But uh, okay. this is interesting. This is the cool thing about podcasts and for everyone listening is I'm asking questions I'm generally interested in learning about, which service everyone here that listens because these are probably questions they'd have. So podcasts are awesome for connecting, learning, and I'm glad I could have you on here because I was really interested in learning about this. Do you have anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with before we wrap up today's uh you know, episode? Yeah, it's a phrase that I've been throwing around lately. Um, and especially dealing with radio, if I can just leave this lastly, you can't hire um, the fox to guard your hen house. Um, and what I mean by that is sales reps, like I mentioned earlier, are really great talkers, um, but they are very limited in what they're going to understand in terms of real estate. So you have to be very careful to take what they tell you and kind of uh, in a grain of salt. Um, <laughs> you can't hire a fox to protect the hen house. Your money isn't, they're not like looking at you spending money and going, oh, wow, like you worked really hard for that. Let me make sure I get the best deal. They'll, some of them will take that into consideration, but they're still protecting their bottom line. <laughs> it's a sales rep. You know, they're their sales representative um, for that particular reason. So you have to be very careful. Um, one of their favorite phrases is, um, this is the best deal that we have, or this is the lowest price that we have available. It's right. never the lowest and it's never the best. There's always something better. So I'll leave that you guys with there. Just keep that in mind. Can't ever hire a fox to protect your hen house. You have to be very careful there. I love it. He's trying to get paid. All right, yeah. everybody. <laughs> thanks for coming in and we will see you on the next one later. Thank you again for having me. Of course. <laughs>